0: hi everyone this is Nellie. thank you for tuning in today to my ministry song scripture and my thoughts today is april 15th 2022 good friday good friday today's song is at the cross by chris tomlin i hope that you go and look the song up with lyrics and sing it to god's ears it's such a powerful lyric Today's scriptures will be chapter 14, verses 1 through 41 in the book of Mark. And then in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 30. Today's message is titled, Good Friday. What is your response to this great act of God? It's really important to... Reflect on what God did for humanity by sending his son. And Jesus goes to the cross to be crucified for our sins once for all. His blood atones for our sins. If we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior and we have an intimate, close relationship with Him in our hearts. Because once it reaches our hearts, we, we, we hunger for that. The work of the Holy Spirit helps uh, lead us into all truth. And He gives us... With this as it comes a new birth he gives he he sanctifies us and we no longer have to have any fear because Jesus this is what he did he accomplished he accomplished on the cross to get rid of any fear that we could ever have especially the great big one which is the fear of death but most importantly we're forgiven because he sacrificed himself we are forgiven for our sins, past, present, and future. I will go ahead and get started here in Mark. We're on chapter fourteen, and the what we'll be covering is uh, the plot to kill Jesus, the Lord's Supper, the prayer to the Father, the betrayal by Judas, the Jesus's arrest. Peter's denials and then the crucifixion and what what leads to this and this is why we're going to start with the plot now the Passover and unleavened bread were two days away and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to seize him by stealth and kill him for they were saying, not during the festival, otherwise there might be a riot of the people. Pause. Now these priests, chief priests and scribes, were the leaders of the Judaism religion. They had not accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. They, they rejected him. And they wanted to get rid of him. They didn't want the people to follow him. They wanted the people to follow them. And Jesus comes on and he knows more about the Old Testament than they do. He's very, very knowledgeable in the Holy Bible. Well, he's God. (laughs) He's God the Son, the incarnate God the Son. And they just kept trying to kill him. They, but they wanted to do it in secret. Because there were many of the Judaism sect that were believing on the son. Because Jesus was powerful. We talked about in the last podcast, Palm Sunday, where he triumphantly rode in to Jerusalem on the colt, And there were many. That were just saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. They knew who he he was. There were a lot of people that were putting palm branches down. And their cloaks ushering in their king. So yeah, these chief priests and scribes. They were eagerly trying to seize him and kill him. Verse 3. While he was in Bethany, this is Jesus. At the home of Simon the leper and reclining at the table, there came a woman with an alabaster vial, of very costly perfume of pure nard, and she broke the vial and poured it over his head. But some were indignantly remarking to one another, Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for over three hundred denarii, and the money given... And the money given to the poor. And they were scolding her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you wish you can do good to them. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. And this is why we have pause. This is why we have to include this woman in this this great act of love, because Jesus said this needed to be preached and this woman's what this woman's act of great love had to be recorded and preached about in the gospel of god because she knew the significance of who he was and she was getting him ready whereas the other ones were complaining that they were she was spending too much money on perfume <laughs> and jesus had already mentioned to them he was going to die And be resurrected on the third day. So the last thing on their minds. Should have been the perfume. In my opinion. But let me continue going here. And in other accounts. It lists the betrayer. The apostle Judas Iscariot. Who was the complainer. About waste being wasteful. And the money needed to go to the poor. Of course he was. Very greedy with money. In verse 10. Then Judas Iscariot. Who was one of the twelve. Went off to the chief priests. In order to betray him to them. They were glad when they heard this. And promised to give him money. And he began seeking how to betray him. At an opportune time. Pause. So Judas. This is where. He's already in the plot to capture Jesus. And he takes 30 pieces of silver for turning in Jesus. And the chief priests are just, it says here they were glad when they heard this. Verse 24 starts the last Passover. And before I get to that, the, the Passover is in the book of Exodus where Jesus, where God, who is all three, right, he is going to kill all the firstborns of Egypt. Because the Pharaoh was not heeding his word and all of his miracles and signs and wonders. And so he asked the Israelites to put blood, sacri- sac- the sacrificed lamb blood on their doorposts. So they would be passed over and none of their firstborns would die. And so... That's the significance of Jesus, the last, the Lamb of God, the last sacrifice. And that's why it's called the last Passover. Because the believers in Christ don't need to sacrifice any more clean sacrifices, animal sacrifices. They don't have to do that anymore to atone for their sins. Even though they really, I mean, I, I can't imagine how many... Um, animals were sacrificed up till this point. So it says, On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher says, where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Prepare for us there. The disciples went out and came to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be grieved and to say to him, one by one, surely not I. Pause. So the twelve are sitting with Jesus. If anybody has seen a picture of the Last Supper, they're reclining and eating with Jesus, and he's about to have the Last Supper with them. Each one of those had been with Jesus for three years during his ministry, seeing the acts of God, listening to him, supposedly all loving him. Obviously, one was going to betray him. But each one, it says, each one of them, one by one, said, surely not I. So they were all unsure if one of them was going to betray him so it should make you feel confident makes me feel confident that even having walked with the messiah these apostles were uh, were still wondering if they could it could possibly be one of them betraying jesus now a betrayal can come in all shapes and sizes you can reject the Christ, you cannot walk with the Christ, you can, and then, you know, the ultimate, the ultimate uh, when Jesus said the ultimate, that somebody was going to betray him, the ultimate betrayal was, of course, Judas, who turned him in to be killed. So these, these apostles were each probably not thinking along Judas's line of thinking, but betraying him in other ways. So Jesus says, it is one of the twelve, one who dips with me in the bowl, For the son of man is to go just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed, exclamation point, woe. Jesus says, woe to that man. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Pause. So, my goodness, did not fare well with Judas Iscariot. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be in this account of Mark where it says that Judas, he committed suicide. He never repented of what he did. He committed suicide. And well, when Jesus says it would have been best if he had not been born, he's not assigned a very good place in hell. He's assigned to the pit, the bottom, bottom, worst place. Goes on to talk about the Lord's Supper. Verse 22. While they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it. And gave it to them and said, take it. This is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Pause. If any of you out there are churchgoers, in celebration of remembrance of Jesus and what he did, we take the Holy Supper, the bread that is a symbol of Jesus' body that was given up for us, and the blood. Which he describes as the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, poured out for those that are saved by his blood. And when, when we take this Holy Supper, we're remembering what he did for us, and that one day he's coming back. And in the meantime, he is promised. Those that accept him as their Lord and Savior in the heart will eventually the Holy, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, leads us into all truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he sanctifies us. So if this, process, this isn't happening to you, you need to do a heart check. Has your belief left your mind where you're professing it with your lips but it's never reached your heart. In verse 26 it says after singing a hymn they went out to the Mount of Olives and Jesus said to them you will all fall away because it is written I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered but after I have been raised I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Pause. Now, all this is another. This is what I was to, to saying before. This is another sense of betrayal to a to a certain degree, where they leave Jesus, <laughs> they they fall away, and we'll be getting into just a little bit in the next verses about how Peter denies Jesus three times that he knows him. That's a betrayal. And I don't know if it's in this account of Mark. Might be in another account where at some point, Jesus, after the third denial and the rooster crows, Jesus looks over at Peter. And can you imagine? Peter felt so bad. He was so remorseful. He wept. Because he knew because Jesus is God, right? And he knows our thoughts. He knows, he knows just like he said, go and ask these people um, that are carrying the jug of water. Uh, to pre-. He, he just knew these people, this person will know where the, la- the last Passover will be prepared. He knows everything ahead of time. He knows everything past, present, and future. So when he looked at Peter... Peter knew that he knew, that Jesus knew that he had denied him three times. Kind of like I told you. So, and, and, But Peter repented. He was so remorseful and he wept. So in verse 29, here's where it says. Oh, and then he also says in verse 28 that after he's raised, he will go ahead and meet them in Galilee. And so we'll talk about that when he resurrects but he does do exactly what he says he resurrects on the third day and he goes ahead of them and meets them in Galilee in verse 29 but Peter said to him even though all may fall away yet I will not and Jesus said to him truly I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows twice you yourself will deny me three times But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all were saying the same thing also. Pause. So that's why in the verses before, when he said that somebody was going to betray him, one of the 12, that each one said, is it I? Surely not I. But here is where they fall away. The rest fall away. And, and they, at the very end of that verse 31, it says, And they all were saying the same thing also, that they would all die for him if need be. Now, no, none of them would deny him, but yet they all did. But that was because it was according to his Scripture. It was, they couldn't have done it any other way because Scripture says, that they were going to do that, and he he says uh, in verse twenty seven, "You will all fall away because it is written." Okay, verse thirty two. This is when Jesus is in Gethsemane. Gethsemane. I never can pronounce that right. Verse thirty two. They came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples. Sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible... the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Pause. I can't help but just See our Lord falling to the ground and hoping that this cup could pass him by. That because, remember, he's God in human flesh, he's the incarnate Jesus. Jesus lived in heaven before coming down and He was not incarnate then. But when He was born, He was flesh and blood. So can you imagine, even though He's God, He still has to go through the whippings and the, and the lashes and the, the torture of hanging on a cross. But as we take a lesson from Jesus, we have to pray... As he did, all things are possible for God the Father. But it is not what we will, it's what he wills. His will be done, not ours. In verse 37, And he came and found them, he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Pause. Jesus gives us so many so much advice on how to live in, in everything that he's doing. It's all a lesson for us. He's telling us to keep watching and praying that we may not come into temptation and he tells us the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak haven't you ever felt that oh my gosh the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak he wants us to be diligent he wants us to like like in the parable of the ten virgins that I went over the last podcast five were ready five were not ready Five were asleep thinking the bridegroom was taking way too long to return. So they're just going to live whichever way they want to. Those didn't make it in. It was only the ones that kept on keeping watch and praying and not coming into temptation. Verse 39. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Exclamation point. <sighs> Betrayal and rest. Immediately while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, came up ac- accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs who were from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now he who was betraying him had given them a signal, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him away under guard. After coming, Judas immediately went to him, saying, Rabbi, and kissed him. They laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear now these high priests and elders and scribes the religion Judaism here their plot thickens they've captured the one they've been wanting to catch and kill ever since Jesus was teaching the way of God And they came with swords and clubs. Can you imagine? And the one, it doesn't say in this account, one of the apostles drew his sword and he cuts. The slave struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. In the other account, it lists that Peter was the one that did this, cut off this slave's ear. And it doesn't say in this account, but it says on another account that Jesus miraculously puts this slave's ear back in its place perfectly, as though it had never been cut off. Another miracle. Another miracle. He's still doing miracles as he's being arrested. In verse 48 and Jesus said to them have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me but this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures and they all left him and they all left him and fled. Of course this is where he describes the apostles are leaving him and they all fled and he is always going to note for us that all of this is taking place to fulfill the scriptures as it is written from the prophets of of old in the old testament and he says to them every day i was with you guys teaching you guys in the temple And you want to treat me as though I'm a robber? You've come with swords and clubs? After Jesus entered Jerusalem, his triumphal en- entry on Palm Sunday, he immediately, before he was resurrected, before, before this, not before he was resurrected, but before he was seized, to be crucified he was still trying to teach the jews about him self and who he was he was still trying to save as many as he could along the way verse 51 a young man was following him wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body and they seized him but he pulled free of the linen sheet and escaped naked Jesus before his accusers. They led Jesus away to the high priest and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes gathered together. Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest and he was sitting with the officers and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death and they were not finding any For many were giving false testimony against him, but their testimony was not consistent. Some stood up and began to give false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and in three days I will build another made without hands. Not even in this respect was their testimony consistent. The high priest stood up and came forward and questioned Jesus, saying, Do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not answer. I'm going to pause right there because here it lists first time Peter denies. He's warming himself at the fire. I guess it hasn't quite said that he's denied him yet, but he's, he's warming himself. He's very close and he's at the fire. And when Jesus said that he was going to destroy the, the temple and in three days he would build another maid without hands, he was referring to himself. He was going to destroy that physical temple. But he's always been the temple of God and he was going to resurrect not of human hands. He is the temple. And they kept trying to find something to accuse him of, but they were inconsistent in everything they said. They could not find anything. They could not bring anything against him. And Jesus, he did not answer when that High priest asked him to give give an answer. So again, the high priest was questioning him and saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Tearing his clothes, the high priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? And they all condemned him to be to be deserving of death. Some began to spit at him and to blindfold him and to beat him with their fists and to say to him, Prophesy. And the officers received him with slaps in the face. Now, Jesus' words, listen to them closely. He says, I am. Remember, he told Moses the burning bush? Moses is asking him, Well, what is your name, in case they ask me? He says, I am. Who oh, I say I am. I am. And he's quick to say, you shall see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with clouds, with the clouds of heaven. Because nobody will not see this. Everyone will one day see this, whether dead or alive, who has ever died and gone to hell or who's left on the earth. Every knee will bow. Every knee will see him, the son of man sitting at the right hand of power. And coming with the clouds of heaven. No one will escape this, mer- this, this beautiful day. But it pains me to ever read those words that they treated our Messiah so badly. Peter's denials, verse 66. As Peter was below in the courtyard one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus the Nazarene. But he denied it, saying, I never know, I neither know nor understand what you are talking about. And he went out onto the porch and the servant girl saw him and began once more to say to the bystanders, This is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders were again saying to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean too. But he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man you are talking about. Immediately a rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark, Behold, before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he Began to weep. Pause. Poor Peter. But you know what? Jesus forgave him. For when Jesus resurrected, he tells Mary Magdalene, I believe, Go and tell my disciples and Peter. Announce to them that I'm here, I'm resurrected. He made a he made a mention he made a mention of Peter so Peter could know I'm not mad at you Peter. Isn't that just so beautiful? Jesus is always going to forgive our flaws. He's always going he because he knows we're going to learn from them. And he knows that we're going to be remorseful and he knows we're going to weep and we're going to just feel so bad for doing something wrong. He knows. And in Jesus, we're going over. Now we are in um, Jesus before Pilate. We're almost done. We're almost through the crucifixion. And I apologize. I meant to come on beforehand to give, to, to split this up, Holy Week up. And that's why this, this message is coming, out, coming, it's a little lengthy. Because there's, there's too much to go over. I don't want to leave anything out. So Jesus before Pilate, early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and scribes and the whole council immediately held a consultation and binding Jesus, they led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, it is as you say. The chief priests began to accuse him harshly. Then Pilate questioned him again, saying, Do you not answer? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so Pilate was amazed. Now, At the feast, he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested. The man named Barbas had been imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection. The crowd went up and began asking him to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to ask him to release Barabbas for them instead. Answering again, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him! But Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. I want to go ahead and pause there, because in another account, I'm going to go over to John. Because Pilate says um, a lot more than what is listed there. Because Pilate is so famous to be asking Jesus the question, what is truth? I wanted to read the account of Mark because last... This is the last Good Friday I read the account of uh, John, I believe. So here we... I'm going to go ahead and read, read this account really quick in John because it gives a lot more details. Jesus before Pilate. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the Praetorium, and it was early. And they themselves did not enter into the Praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death to fulfill the word of Jesus which he spoke signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. Therefore Pilate entered again into the Praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king, Jesus answered. You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him what is truth and when he had said this he went out again to the Jews and said to them I find no guilt in him but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews so they cried out again saying not this man but Barabbas now Barabbas was a robber and this is the account of John so Jesus says I'm not of this world if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. He is God. And so he, he's, he's saying, I'm here. And because I am here, this is my one mission. The, he, he himself says, this is my, this, for this I have been born. For this I have come into the world. To testify the truth. But he says. Only his children hear the truth. And these Jews. Were just wanting. Jesus's blood. Not on their hands. But they wanted the blood. Of Jesus on. Pilate's hands. And they're to this day saying. That they do not have Jesus's blood on their hands. And Pilate kept saying. You take him. I don't find anything wrong. I don't, I'm not finding that he's done anything wrong. And Jesus is mocked. Verse 16. I'm back to Mark. The soldiers took him away into the palace that is the praetorium, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him, And they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews! They kept beating his head with the reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling, and bowing before him. After they had mocked him, they took the purple robe off him, and put his own garments on him, and they led him out to crucify him. They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross, the crucifixion. Then they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. They tried to give him a wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide which, what each man should take. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The king of the Jews pause that was his charge that is why they crucified him and they put that above his and that's what they inscribed on there the king of the Jews even though the Jews rejected him they crucified two robbers with him one on his right and one on his left And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And he was numbered with transgressors. Those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha! You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. And in the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes, were mocking him among themselves and saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. Let, it, let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting. When the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. And the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbiksoni which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they began saying, Behold, he is calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave, it, gave him a drink, saying, Let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing right in front of him saw the way he breathed his last, he said truly this man was the son of God. There were also some women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the less and Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee they used to follow him and minister to to him and there were many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem now Jesus is buried when evening had already come because it was the preparation day that is the day before the Sabbath Joseph of Arimathea came a prominent member of the council who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God and he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate wondered if he was dead by this time and summoned the centurion. He questioned him as to whether he was already dead and ascertaining this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth and laid him in, the, in a tomb which had been hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph we're looking on to see where he was laid and that's where the scripture ends but i want to note that in the gospel of john that when jesus was on the cross that the inscription on the cross It was written, Jesus, the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. And Jesus also, what he yelled out, it doesn't describe what he yelled out in the book of Mark. But he yelled out, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. He had a cry of victory before He breathed His last because He defeated everything for us. For everything that could ever hold us in captivity, He defeated for us when He hung on that cross. We no longer have to be fearful of deaths, And when, when we go through trials, tribulations, and tests, when He takes us through the refiner's fire so we... we, we Learn about Him through these testings. So we grow in closer and closer and closer relationship, intimate relationship with Him. Consider your trials, tribulations, and tests as pure joy. I'll come on on Easter Sunday to talk about the resurrection. And I just want you to reflect on this, this act of God. In as much as to ask you, what is your response to this great act of God? He wants you to listen to Him. He wants you to follow Him. He died this painful, excruciating death on the cross for you and I. And our response should be a response of gratitude and honor and praise and thankfulness for this great act of loving kindness and compassion for us, for him to come down to us, to teach us about God and He leaves us his Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth and to sanctify us. Think about what you want to do with that sacrifice that he did for you. What what do you want to say to him today? I am telling you, if you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, or if you think you have, or you don't know you have, you want to repeat this prayer. And I've just kind of jotted this down. Dear Father, I believe in your Son. I profess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is your Son, but I also accept and receive him in my heart as my Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that he came down from heaven, was conceived with the Holy Spirit, and was born of a Virgin Mary. He is the incarnate Son of God, equally God. He ministered for three years. He suffered a sinner's death in my place. He was crucified and died and, his, and he was buried and his blood was an atonement for my sins. He was buried and he resurrected on the third day. This I believe. He appeared to many as the resurrected Christ. He stayed for 40 days. He ascended back into heaven and sits at your right hand. And I believe in my heart and that his spirit indwells in me, in my heart. And he has sealed me with the promise that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May he begin a good work in me. I repent for all my sins. Holy Spirit, please begin a good work in me. Bring all my sins to the forefront so I can tell you how sorry I am for each one and repent. Please forgive me. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Say something along those lines and believe wholeheartedly in your heart. He's coming back one day. He is. He is. Much love to all. All the glory to God. Until next time. Bye.